Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jamil Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. All homebrewers have a favorite commercial beer, but not everyone can make it. Welcome to the show that teaches you how, where you can challenge two masters, Jamil Zainashev and Tasty McDole. This is the Jamil Show. Can you brew it? Now here's Jamil. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Welcome to the uh, grand opening of uh, Northern Brewer Milwaukee, huh? Isn't this a fantastic store? Yeah. What an impressive place. I was just stunned. I, you know, I, I saw some information on, online that said it was a big store. This is, I think, the biggest homebrew store I have ever seen in my days. I don't think I've ever seen anything this, this impressive uh, anywhere. Size so, matters in this case. <laughs> that's right. That's right, yeah. You can't have one too big. <laughs> Homebrew shop, that is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, and we've been having a lovely time out here, haven't we? It's been a great time. Uh, we don't get out to the Midwest uh, ever, let's face it. And so it's great to be here. And uh, well, I, you don't now. When have you been to the Midwest? When was the last time you were here? I was out here for, uh, or I was out to um, uh, Nashville for uh, uh, the event there. Went out in uh, Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> <Close> <laughs> yeah. Midwest. The right. outskirts, right? Now was, that's a stretch. Uh, Chicago. Yeah. Uh, okay, there you go. Uh, you know, um, uh, go out to Minneapolis. Uh, well, it's been a few years from Minneapolis, but All right. uh, you know. Well, you're better than me then. It's is my first time out here, so I, oh, wow. and I've been having a great time. And we went to, uh, I have been missing out. I didn't even realize. Sugar Maple last night is where we went uh, having some beer. And uh, it was a good bar, right? And uh, there's 40-something beers on tap, Mm -hmm. and almost all of them were beers that we can't get in California. You know, there was uh, uh, a New Glarus, obviously, was, was on tap. Five. Uh, yeah, there well, was some of <laughs> sure, but yeah, Furthermore right. was on tap here. Yeah, we, no, I don't get Furthermore out there. It was great, yeah. I, we, we had beers that uh, we normally wouldn't have had. Yeah. So, yeah. That's there what was happens when you travel to a different place. Oh. They have things different than where you come from. I prefer Pacheco. I like to stay home. <laughs> right, yes. You, <laughs> you like the Pacheco sneaker and the uh, Pacheco uh, yeah. brew scene. But when I get out once in a while... I try to live it up. Right, right. Well, you know, uh, we just had a wonderful time. We got here, what, Thursday night and uh, went out, and uh, we, we closed down the uh, Milwaukee Ale House. Yeah, we did. Yeah. That was quite quite the adventure. Uh, Jake helped us close it yeah, down, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. I did, I did. Did a little karaoke. There was some karaoke. Yeah. I didn't know we were going to talk about that. <laughs> the karaoke. I've got video, people. I've got video. I'm telling you. I, I, I see myself getting lots of free Northern Brewer gear out of this. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely some blackmail in order. Yeah. yeah. Milwaukee Ale House has a uh, nice beer, too. And one of the things I've noticed about uh, beer out here is there's a lot more craft-brewed lagers than we tend to have on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We're pretty mm-hmm. ale-centric, and, and they seem to be pretty lager-centric out here, which I really like to, uh, to see. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm not sure about lager-centric, but uh, 
a greater appreciation maybe for loggers and and uh, a greater willingness to go through the effort that it takes to make a great logger. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of uh, uh, brew pubs won't do it because it takes extra time. It's you know you can't turn the beer as fast. The equipment's tied up. You know, and it just ends up uh, you know doing uh, quick to turn ales. So it's nice to see that yeah. uh, there's appreciation for it out here. Yeah, I, I'm very impressed. I'm so impressed. I think you know this would be a great place for uh, the National Homebrewers Conference to be. Is that right? Oh yeah! yeah. Wow. I think uh, we need to start working that, and so in a in a few years we can we can have one here. Well, what's the what's the local homebrew club here? Because that's what it takes to get the, a conference here. The beer barons, because it always takes one club, at least one club, to to stand up and say we'll do that. Mm-hmm. We'll do the work to get it here. So maybe the beer barons need to start making a push for the NHC. Uh, I've already been uh, putting in the word with a few of these guys here. And Is saying, that right? Oh, you know, it's that it's easy. Oh, it just it just falls into place. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, you know. Oh, you, yeah. You drink a couple of beers, you chat for a little bit, and then the, the conference is, is ready to go. It it's, practically it's really creates itself. Yeah, oh, mm. yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> it's, it's really no effort whatsoever. You just, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it just happens. It's well, really easy. They'll need a club, and they'll need uh, a, a good homebrew shop to, right. to make it happen, too. Well, I think uh, they, got, they got all that. It sounds like you some, have both now. Some great uh, brewers out here and uh, great homebrew shops. and yeah. You know, this is the place, and then uh, you know it's a it's, it's a beautiful downtown, um, and I imagine in the summer it's actually sort of warm, so you can walk <laughs> around without a, a parka on, is and it? then uh, uh, you know a lot of great a lot of great uh, beer spots you could walk to from yeah. your hotel, and they got a nice convention center, and uh, I think this this could this could be a, a great place. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start pushing this on the. Uh, on the governing committee, I'm going to bring this up when I get back, and uh, I think it's uh, an awesome location. I like the idea. I'll come back for that. Yeah, yeah. The, all, the only thing is, you know, the roads around here. You guys with your your freeways that split six ways, and then they cross over, and yeah, I got, I got, I got, got the GPS in the car, and and. Uh, Jake's telling me uh, Thursday. Oh yeah, oh you just get on the ninety four and you know it's straight shot down. It's really easy to find. <laughs> no problem. I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know, we pop in the GPS and leave the hotel the other day, and and it's got us like turning around, and we're like, well, that's ninety four over there, and then you know it's the seventy two A, the seventy two B, the seventy two D, and you know take you know and and. And the GPS no, was lost. It was lost. It's like, hey, I, I can't tell. It started yeah. cursing at Jamil. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just pick one of them and drive. <laughs> Which is what we ended up doing just to get here. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, we're both intently focused on this GPS, and we're, we're, we're trying to get ourselves to Northern Brewer, and we're like, all right. Now, it's telling us to stay on 94 and kind of bare left, and then we come up to this exit, and at the last minute, like we realize that's the exit we want. Haven't... Two days in a row. Yeah. And on the first day, it's like you know this last second swerving across the uh, three lanes, <laughs> three lanes to, to to take some hard uh, left onto uh, eight ninety four. Yeah. It's like there's no eight ninety four anywhere, but for some reason we take that and. Uh, I saw the headline in my head: uh, "Famous homebrewer dies <laughs> in tragic." Uh, it, I, I was the yeah, famous homebrewer and yeah. guy behind the steering wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In tragic Wisconsin. <laughs> and then. And then what happens today? We're driving, same place, same thing. Last minute, <laughs> swerve across the lanes to uh, to take the exit that yeah. we're supposed to take. We didn't learn our lesson. No, apparently not. Um, the only saving grace 
is the ginormous Northern Brewer <laughs> sign right. in front of the building that right. you can't miss this place. Jake, what, did you actually just say, could you please build us the largest sign ever built? Uh, pretty much. Uh, it came with the place, and so we decided, like, why not? It it's, fires up at night. It's like the bat signal. I know. Like, and oh, <laughs> time to go brew. Yeah. We came in on Thursday, and they were putting it up, and I was somewhat familiar with the area, and I turned the corner, and I was like, Oh, my God. That's where we are. Actually, I feel a little self-conscious about it. Just a a little. It's like you guys are compensating for something. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) So Jake is with us, and Jake uh, obviously is with uh, Northern Brewer. What is your actual role with Northern Brewer? I am the uh, chief operations officer. Okay. The coup. Sounds very important. It, you know, well, it's a title. (laughs) All right. Well, Jake's been great to us. Jake and Michael have been helping us out all week long, and so oh, glad to have him on here to talk about your new location here. Absolutely. And uh, so why, uh, I think the question on everybody's mind, or mine, is why, uh, why Milwaukee? Why did you guys pick this place? You know, we wanted to start somewhere that wasn't too far from our original location in St. Paul, and we took a look at a couple different locales in different states, and we just kept coming back to Milwaukee. Um, you know, the beer history here is awesome. I mean, there's not a lot of places in America that have the kind of history that Milwaukee does in, in brewing. And uh, we knew there was a great homebrew scene here. Um, there was a lot of energy, uh, a lot of good feedback from our customers over the years. And uh, we found a great place, and it felt right, and we decided to make it happen. And uh, we couldn't be happier. We are so glad to be here. Uh, the turnout has been tremendous. Um, our customers are awesome, and we're just glad to be here for them. There's a lot of people here today, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. How long has this been in the making? Uh, probably around, I think we decided to do this around the turn of the year, so around January, and then got, it the, got the ball rolling. And uh, a lesson to anybody that wants to open a new store, start planning before that. <laughs> got it. And uh, put some time out in front of you. This was uh, literally Tuesday this week. There was no merchandise, nothing on this floor, nothing. And, and now, so, for folks at home, it looks like a real functional, full-up uh, showroom. Exactly, exactly. So I have to give my hands out to all the Northern Brewer employees for doing an outstanding job, getting this place ready to go and having it ready to go. We've got 15 guys from our you know, uh, Twin Cities operation here volunteering their time. I mean, you know, really proud of these guys. So. That's great. Round of applause for those yeah, guys absolutely. putting this together. And are you happy to have a new shop in Wisconsin? Was it necessary? Yeah. All right, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Someone wants one in Chicago. Too. You guys got to keep building now, Jake. I know. Now everybody's asking South Carolina, Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But somebody, somebody was like, oh, yeah. San Francisco. I was like, uh. <laughs> yeah. They already have a store down there. That's true. <laughs> well, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having us out, Jake. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you guys have been so supportive of us uh, over the years at the Brew Network and uh, making this show possible that. Uh, you know, when there was an opportunity to come out here and participate in this, uh, there was absolutely the, the question was, uh, you know, when can we get there? When, right, you know, right, right, right. And when will you? And when will you send a check? Right, yeah. two, right away. There were two questions. How much can we get paid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Speaking of paid, um, so this lovely uh, merchandise here you see up on the wall. Uh, really, it's not important that you buy it. So. Justin has a few bucks left over for, no. for his needs. It's just so we can empty out the luggage that came in and fill it up with great Milwaukee beer right. to take back with us. So <laughs> if you can buy these uh, lovely merchandise items, uh, T-shirts are what, 15 bucks? 15 bucks, yeah. Hats are 15. And uh, the hoodie is... Uh, those are 30. 30. There's a lot more cotton in those. 
<laughs> and, uh, but, you know, 15 bucks, you get yourself a nice Bruce Strong shirt, you get a hop grenade shirt, and, uh, you know, um, you'll, you'll help us empty the luggage, and we can... Uh, pack in more beer to take back with us. Yeah, we've got homebrew stacked up to take. Obviously, we're going to take some new Glarus home with us, so please empty the suitcases. Yes, yes. <laughs> Desperate to, to get it emptied. Yeah. And uh, what we're going to be doing today is uh, we'll, we'll do some Q&A. Jake's going to take a microphone and uh, uh, get questions from the audience. We're also going to be uh, doing uh, some beer tasting. So a lot of you guys, you listen to the other shows, and I think we said, uh, bring out some beers and we'll taste them. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, uh, you guys responded. So we got a whole bunch of beers to go through, and we want to make sure we taste them and you hear our feedback before um, before we leave. So it may not be necessarily all on the show, right? But uh, we'll get as many as we can in on the show, and uh, and we'll go that way. And also, if you're uh, if you're out there listening, and uh, obviously not you folks in here, you don't need this. But those people out on the interwebs, uh, there's a live video feed as well. It's pointed right at Jamil's face right now. That's right. Sweet. Sweet. And uh, uh, you can find that at uh, justin.tv slash brewing network. Yes. Watch live. uh, Yeah, you can watch live. So if you're unlucky and uh, not able to be here at the Great Northern Brewer Store in Milwaukee. Watch. You can see how fat and old and ugly I am. (laughs) You can watch Jamil pick his nose at the brakes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can see me... uh, (laughs) You know, sweat myself out and, uh, you know, yeah, off-gas the, the beer I've had for the past three days. <laughs> It'll be a lovely sight. And it's all in high def. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But as folks... See, uh, the crowd has stepped back. They are all moving away. Yes. But folks that are here, as Jabil mentioned, uh, we do have a microphone over here. And uh, I don't know if maybe some of you, I, I can't imagine, maybe some of you don't know Jamil Zanishev, uh, but he's a pretty knowledgeable home brewer. He's won in Kasi a couple of times, and uh, he's also just an all-around nice dude. So if you have any beer questions, uh, we'd love to have him on the show. There are listeners everywhere that probably have the same questions as you. So stick around, and, and Jake will give you the microphone. Questions about anything. Uh, I can't I promise you he'll give you the right answer, but he will give you some sort of answer. <laughs> 42. <laughs> That's the answer. That'll do it. <laughs> so use them while we got them. I think that's it other than drinking beer, right? Yeah, let's start drinking. All right. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to taste some listener beer and hopefully questions from you guys. We'll be back right after this. Okay, I rolled a 15, and I get a plus two from my yeast starter. Nope, sorry, you failed your roll. Your beer is infected. No way. You had to be at a 24. It's schizosaccharomyces. This sucks. I just failed versus oxidation. Our party is fracked. Doug's the only one left, and his beer is a Berliner Weiss. What's this? A tea party? Hey, this is a brew session, man. Get lost. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Does your significant other know the difference between an Irish red ale and a Flanders red ale? Do you burp, strizzle, spalt, and fart Y yeast 2308? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the socially awkward Patters beer and the sci-fi convention showstopper number eight make 10th level at northernbrewer.com Nico, listen our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour and after this we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and then to the next meeting kids. come on let's get out of here i'm supposed to have more lines i'm the professional <clears throat> 
Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. From the stovetop to a camp burner to some kind of brew stand, most homebrewers follow some version of this progression. With each move, a homebrewer will often have to change a lot, if not all, of their equipment. Until now, Blickman Engineering brings you the top-tier brewing stand, the only brewing stand that grows with you. For example, buy a top-tier floor-standing burner now, and it'll bolt right to your top-tier brewing stand when you're ready for all-grain brewing. The top-tier brewing stand is perfect for 5-gallon to 20-gallon batch sizes. Its modular design is adjustable and accommodates everything from small footprint coolers up to 30-gallon pots. How does the top-tier brewing stand do it? At its core is a strong, heat-treated, and anodized aluminum main post. On all four sides are built-in T-slots for the adjustable heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves and beefy burner tiers. The tiers accommodate any manufacturer's pots or coolers up to 21 inches in diameter. Best of all, not only does the top-tier brewing stand grow with your skills and equipment, but it easily knocks down for long-term storage or transport, too. The top-tier brewing stand from Blickman Engineering. Learn more at BlickmanEngineering.com and to find a local Blickman retailer. And start brewing from the top tier. Now back to Can You Brew It? All right, we're back. This is a very special Can You Brew It? We're live at the uh, Northern Brewer Milwaukee location and uh, for their grand opening. And uh, for this show, we're not going to have a challenge and, uh, you know, a, a clone beer. But uh, I think we're going to learn a lot, and I think it's going to be quite enjoyable. And uh, this is a wonderful way to celebrate the opening of the store. And uh, we have with us here uh, Dan Schlosser. Is, uh, it, several people have told me that you are the best brewer in the area. Well, I'm not sure about the best, but I do brew yeah? fairly yeah. prolifically. And um, there's a number of guys in our beer club that are starting to do some pretty good work, so I'm not sure if that label's going to stick for long. Right, right. Oh, there's always those uh, those young Turks coming to <laughs> to get you, you know? Oh, yeah. you got to start uh, playing the uh, dirty old man tricks. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm, 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 you know, I'm taking people out just uh, so they don't uh, come in and take me down. Replace their CO2 with O2, you know, things like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm... You know, I'm just a dirty old man with a full of tricks. That's, that's me. Um, and you brought uh, several beers to share with us and yes, to share with the crowd. So uh, the beers going around. This is uh, uh, you listen to the uh, the uh, Jamel show on uh, where we had Australian sparkling ale. Yeah, and we it was, had. I think uh, it was last February that you had the show. Right, we had Peter Simons, a uh, friend of mine, uh, join us on the show and give a recipe and how you brew uh, great Australian sparkling ale. And the interesting thing is. You know, when I went to Australia, my understanding of the style before that, I didn't care for it. All the examples I had were actually pretty bad. Same with me. I had tried the Coopers, and it was like, <laughs> right. eh. And when I got there, 
it was fantastic. I'm like, wow, this is really good beer. And, you know, it kind of got me excited about doing a, a show on stuff. So you, you brewed the, the recipe from that, and uh, anything special that that happened on your brew day on this one? Um, not so much on the brew day. What I did gather from the show, though, is that the two ingredients that were essential to get the right style were to have the right yeast and to have the right hops. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to reconstitute yeast out of a couple bottles of Cooper's mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. grow it up into a starter and use that for the yeast. Right. And because Cooper's does state that they um, bottle with the same yeast that they use for their fermentations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I was able to get some of the Pryder Ringwood hops, which is the signature hop for this style. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think those are the two ingredients that you have to have to make the, the style work. Other than that, I pretty much just followed the process that you had um, on the on the podcast, mm-hmm. and I think you also did an article in Brew Your Own. I um, believe I, I had somebody else do it, or somebody else did it. Well, some, <laughs> yeah. I knew somebody did an article on it. I mean, maybe it. my name was on it. I don't know. Like, or maybe <laughs> I think you might have been quoted as the uh, as an expert on it. But right, right, and uh, you know, I think this is this is excellent. I think this is uh, well done. The the interesting things to note about this about this style is there's you know there's a kind of a soft mouthfeel to it. You know, there's kind of a uh, you know, a little bit of a fluffy, you know, creamy feel in there, and then you've got uh, some fruitiness. You got a, a firm bitterness. Uh, it finishes dry, but it's got a, a you know a lot going on. It's, it's a nice drinking beer. Yeah, the fruitiness in the esters, um, based on you know what you had said, and you know the other things I'd read on it, is that it's uh, you don't have to be afraid of fermenting warm. Mm-hmm. This beer, the yeast likes warm ferments, so I started it at a you know moderate late high sixties type temperature. But then I let it rise up on its own, and then add a little heat too to keep it up into the 70s mm-hmm. um, till it finished, and it, you know finished out fairly dry that way. Then, mm-hmm. and I think that that of course then adds to the esters right. and the fruitiness. Right. So I think that's a good example of the style. Thank you. I, I think that's a well brewed beer. That's, that's a good one. Everything I've. Uh Everything I've had from from Dan this week has been really nice. Uh, he keeps bringing us more too, so he's right. a very nice uh, sharing home brewer. Yeah, see, yet another reason why uh, we need to have a conference here. <laughs> yes, people giving away good beer. Well, um, a lot of our club members are going to be represented up in Minneapolis uh, this next summer at the good. National Homebrewers Conference. We're already starting to plan meetings to put together and have you know a bunch of the guys you know brew some really good beers to bring up there and so you'll hopefully be at club night then and do something uh, at the hospitality suite at every conference uh they invite homebrew clubs in the area to come pour their beer so i'd love mm-hmm. to see you guys doing that right we're either gonna we'll probably combine with a couple of the other southeast wisconsin homebrew clubs the bell city um club and a couple others from kenosha and racine good and um Come up there, you know, as a group with enough beers to stock up the hospitality suite and yeah, club night too. Okay. I'll be I'll be swinging by when I see you pouring, Dan. I'll That's be right. Like, oh yeah, yeah. We're even talking Guaranteed about putting, good point. Talking about putting together a tap set up for it, you know, something special mm-hmm. rather than just right. plain jockey boxes. How That's many folks here do. are going to make it to the uh, the homebrewers conference in uh, Minneapolis in June? Yeah, That's a lot of hands. That's yeah. almost the whole room. And those who are not raising your hand, you better get on the ball. I you know. Gotta go to this thing. A couple years ago, it's a wonderful time. A couple years ago, I had heard Jamil talking about how if you're going to ever make it to any kind of a beer event, that's the one to go to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I made it to Cincinnati two years ago for the first time, and definitely I agree. I then went out to Oakland again this right, summer. Right. Once you go to one, you're like, oh, I can't miss it, man. <laughs> it's it's a wonderful. Fantastic time. And you know, I, I love the GABF, and that's a great thing. Uh, you know, if you can get out there, but 
You know, GABF, I could, I could skip a few years and go to another GABF later on. Um, but the homebrew conference, I can't miss them. You know, each one has got its own unique personality. You know, but they're all great. You know, there's, there's never a bad one. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Now, we got another beer of yours here. This is uh, your Flanders Red 2. Um, can you tell me something about this one? Um, this is actually a beer that's based on the recipe that's in the Brewing Classic Styles, mm-hmm. written by Jim Eel. Um, and it's a, I found that sometimes with these Flanders Reds or the sour beers, is that sometimes it's kind of hard to control the exact level of sourness that you get. You know, you right. <clears throat> you let them ferment out, you put the Rosalari yeast in them, and you let them sit a while, and what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a case where it was a little bit more sour than I was looking for, so I ended up blending it with uh, another beer that I brewed using the same base beer but without souring it and adding a little bit of that to it mm-hmm. in order to give it a little bit more sweetness and body fullness mm-hmm. because the Rosalara yeast will um, thin out you know, as it eats right. through all of the malts in there. You end up with a pretty thin beer if you're not mm-hmm. careful. Mm-hmm. This is nice. It's got a lovely balance of, uh, of the malt sweetness against the sour so it becomes very drinkable. All the beers you gave me, you, you'd give me another uh, soured beer as well, didn't you? Yeah, Flanders yeah. Brown. Yeah, and and uh, you know, nice uh, nice balance between the the two, and and that's uh, you know, drinkability is it. Even with sour beers, you can't just have a sour beer and have it like, well, it's really sour, you know, and it makes like saliva bubble up off your tongue when you I like that. You drink it. Yeah. Well, I think well because it tastes like your beers, <laughs> right? But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Accidentally, yes. Right. Right. Um, I think the first sour beer I ever did was the classic case of I had a beer go sour, and so I called it a sour beer. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, like, no, it was a mistake. Yeah. A sour beer is something you craft. I mean, just like uh, if you want to make a really hoppy beer, you want to make a really malty beer, or, you know, uh, you know, a really roasty beer, whatever it is, it's something, you know, it's one of the tools and, and one of the attributes that you're really, uh, you know, working towards uh, producing. And, and the more care you have with that, the, the better the beer turns out. Um, I like this. I like the, the, the that balance of that uh, that sour and sweet. I think it, it makes it for you know very lovely and drinkable. And we're we're also passing these beers around in the crowd. Dan was kind enough to bring enough to to share, share. with the crowd. So he was he was a good kindergartner. He brought enough to share with the class. Dan, I have a question. You actually brew this with two different yeasts. I, I was looking at the bottle, so I'm curious how that works. You have to ferment with one and then put bugs in second. How do you do that? Yeah, it's, it's actually it's following the. The yeast regimen that Jamil has in the recipe where you brew with a <clears throat> neutral yeast to start with. I use the Y yeast 1056. Okay. And then after that has um, done its primary fermentation, you transfer to a secondary vessel and you add the um, Rosalari package. Okay. Which <clears throat> the guy from Y yeast who's here today confirmed they are now going to start producing that on a year-round basis right. again rather than just quarterly. All right. Yeah, you Brian folks. Perky from Y East is here. Say hi to that guy. I'm glad you're going to do that year-round, Brian. Thank you. You guys started listening. You guys started <laughs> buying that stuff, and now they're like, well, okay, well, we just, I guess we need to start making it again. Um, Good. That's awesome. You so what would it, is it, it's just a nice kind of an English a brown ale before you add Rosalaire? Um, not really. It's got a lot of uh, specialty grains in it in order to bulk up the the body and the um, malt character of the beer because the Rosalari bugs are going to eat a lot of that stuff up. Okay. And so you want to have enough in there to start with so there's something left at the finish. 
Um, it's actually kind of a rest if you drink it after it finishes fermentation because you don't hop it much, and at that point it's still got all of those um, extra ad- or you know specialty malts in there. It actually ends up it's pretty insipidly sweet to start oh. with. You wouldn't drink the beer alone without adding the bugs to it. Well, I would, but yeah, most would. people probably wouldn't. <laughs> I understand. Simply sweet would be an improvement for, for We've got time for one more of Dan's beers before the break, too. We just can't get enough. He brought his whole cooler full, so if Jamil can open. He's getting old, Jamil. Yeah, I'm just being careful. Oh. Well, and, it, and if you're interested in these, the, that recipe for the Flanders, Brewing Classic Styles. they got a big stack of them out there on the desk. If you don't have a copy of Brewing Classic Styles... I want you to go out there and buy one from Northern Brewer right off, out, out there. They got a 10% discount going this weekend. I mean, come on. Take advantage. This is your ch- opportunity to buy Brewing Classic Styles. And, and Dan will sign Dan it for you if you want. <laughs> <laughs> or Jamil. Yeah, if you want me to. Uh, yeah. Scribble in it, I will. Uh, and this is your, your Golden Ale, 07. How, yeah, this was a, a Belgian, kind of a Belgian blonde style where I had brewed up about 10-gallon batch. And I then... Split the batch into two five-gallon, uh, you know, things, and one batch just got bottled as a, uh, you know, just as a Belgian blonde. The other batch I transferred into a keg at that point, and added a package of Y yeasts, um, uh, Brett, the Brett, mm-hmm. Brettanomyces, and stuck the keg in the corner and just kind of ignored it for about a year. Mm. And so just room temperature, just let it sit. Yeah, basement yeah. temperature, about sixty-six, sixty-eight degrees. Okay. And then after a year, um, I took it and put it into a cooler and then transferred it into another keg, and this is what it resulted as. And this is the beer I think I was talking about uh, that you also gave me yesterday that, uh, again, a nice balance between the Brett and the, the, the tartness there and the sweetness and all the other the phenolic characters of the, uh, of the Belgian uh, yeast that you'd used. And, um, uh, again, very lovely balance. And... You know, balanced beers, it doesn't, you know, balance and making a beer really drinkable doesn't necessarily mean that it has to have, you know, equal amounts of malt and hops and, you know, it, it doesn't need to be boring. It can be very creative and, and have a lot of, you know, flavor to it and, and bold flavors to it. But there has to be a, a certain balance that makes that drinkability, you know, where you can... Uh, you can just drink a you know a whole bunch of it. And I think you, you capture that in each of the beers that you've uh, given me. Thank you. I, I think all of it, you've got that, that drinkability down, that that, uh, that fine line of uh, you know what makes a beer nice and easy to drink. So that's that's a critical thing. If you can do that with all these different beers, that's that's why people consider you one of the best uh, brewers around. One thing I've learned is practice makes perfect. Um, the more you brew, the better you get at it. Mm-hmm. And I do a lot of I, – I take notes. I'm very careful at uh, doing all my measurements all the way through to make sure I'm always hitting my gravities and things like that. Or if I don't, I try to figure out why not. And, you know, just pretty much just follow the process um, over and over again until you can get it to be consistent. And that's mm-hmm. what really um, I think makes a big difference. Right. One of the things I've learned, and I know that this goes against some of the people, but – um, I don't drink while I'm brewing. I'm out of here. <laughs> I wait till I 
Got an unruly crowd now. I wait till I'm done drinking and then I celebrate with a few. I right? see, yeah. But right. I find right. that I don't right. make mistakes that way. Otherwise, I when I was used to have a beer now and then when I was drinking, I'd make mistakes. All right. That's why I can't brew when people come over because we start having some beers and then... I don't pay attention to the brew, and it just it just goes down the, the toilet. You, you know, know, you so, realize you missed your hop edition. Right, or, yeah. yeah. I forgot I, to turn on the flame. I, I think drinking is <laughs> drinking is for after you're done brewing. You now, on the other hand, if you just want to brew beer just to brew beer and drink it, you don't have to follow any rules. That's true. You do you whatever. Know, people can well, do whatever they want. And they'll still turn out better, I think, if you... Oh, definitely. <laughs> but you've got some focus. Right. Yeah. yeah but there are people right. who just brew for the heck of it, and they have a good time. Just a couple numbers on this golden ale that we had, too, so folks at home can kind of play along. It started out at 1066, finished at 1009. It's a, almost an 8% beer, Jamil. So uh, that's a really nice fermentation you had, Dan. Um, 25 and a half, 25.6 uh, IBUs, uh, which I think is, is part of the nice balance, too, Jamil. It's not too, uh, too hoppy with some sourness. It's just bad. Uh, so I think he's done well. Mm-hmm. No, well, I agree. and I a beer that ages that long, a lot of those IBUs are going to be dropped out by the mm-hmm. time you're drinking it now. But yeah, used Magnum and uh, Hollertau Middlefru hops in it. Good choices, I think. And then the uh, Y Yeast New Belgian of, Ale of recipe formulation. <laughs> hey, I know my hops though, and I know my German hops too. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I think those are good choices. You pronounced it right. So. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> I've been to Germany. All right. Uh, yeah, nice work, Dan. Really good stuff. Thank you. Great. Okay, why don't we do this? Uh, We'll take a short break, and when we come back, we'll get into some more listener beers. Back after this. Okay, I rolled a 15, and I get a plus two from my yeast starter. Nope, sorry, you failed your roll. Your beer is infected. No way! You had to beat a 24. It's schizosaccharomyces. This sucks! I just failed versus oxidation! Our party is fracked! Doug's the only one left, and his beer is a Berliner Weiss! What's this? A tea party? Hey, this is a brew session, man. Get lost. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Does your significant other know the difference between an Irish red ale and a Flanders red ale? Do you burp, strizzle, spalt, and fart Y yeast 2308? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the socially awkward Patters beer and the sci-fi convention showstopper number eight make 10th level at northernbrewer.com hey what are you doing man writing a review of wlp 400 what you're reviewing yeast yeah white labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains are you new to these interwebs check it out that's awesome White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Uh... White Labs. It's all in the vial. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. 
Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Now back to the challenge. Can you brew it? We're back. We're uh, out here at the fine Northern Brewer Milwaukee store, and we're trying out some uh, listener beers. People from all over have driven in from hundreds of miles away, if uh, not further. Yeah. I wonder what the furthest uh, somebody came, drove to, to get here. That's a good question. We start throwing out miles. 100 miles? Anybody drive 100 miles in this room? Oh, a bunch, yeah. 150 miles? Do I have 150 miles? Well, this guy wins right over here. 100 miles. <laughs> There you go. That's impressive to come to a homebrew shop 100 miles. Yeah, yeah. I like that. It's dedication. (laughs) Well, and uh, we're trying uh, Kurt's uh, uh, Imperial Wit, right? Yes. Kurt Mays uh, came out yesterday and uh, met us. He's here with us now, too. And he brought us a few beers. And the one we decided to try was his Imperial Wit. And you've got a a spec sheet in front of you, Jamil, too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He even brought information so you can check it out. Yeah. Uh, big chamomile right up front. Yeah, you can uh, just in the nose too. Right, right. Yeah, it's got uh, it's got a, a huge uh, chamomile thing going on. Passing it around now, folks, too, so you'll get to try this. Oh wow, a lot of ginger, coriander, green tea. Um, yeah, green tea. Yeah, it's a sweet beer too. Why Imperial Wit? You just wanted the challenge, Kurt? Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted the challenge, and I just thought it would be something different. I haven't really ever saw one out there. Yeah, I thought yeah. Well, I'll try a different style. You know, something new and interesting. Sure. Starting gravity ten seventy five. Ten seventy five is how it started. Started uh, final gravity ten twenty. Seven point two percent by volume. Yeah, thanks for that, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> It's got a lot of, uh, is there a lot of residual sweetness left in there, Jamil? Or is that just the spices that I'm picking up? Well, there is some sweetness, and um, I think some of the spices will complement that sweetness and, and actually make it seem sweeter. Mm. Like ginger, the interesting thing with ginger is I think ginger can work to like dry something out, but if you have some sweetness, um, ginger can also kind of make it like a candy kind of uh, character, I think. Okay. So... I find that interesting. You know, uh, my good friend Harold Gobranson and uh, Peter Zein uh, from Alesmith, they uh, years ago made a barley wine strength uh, wit beer. And uh, they were entering competition and stuff, and that, it, it turned out really well. Really? You know, so it's it's a, an interesting area to uh, experiment in. And this uh, imperial wit is kind of, I guess, in between the, the barley wine strength and the, 
the regular strength. Yeah. It's very interesting. I, I like it. I, I like um, you know, I like the base beer. I think a little a little sweet. Um, and that's all. That's a a, a powerful spice. Uh, package you got there. So what do you think about that, that maybe uh, back off on the spices a little bit? Or I love the aroma. I will say that, that I think the nose is, is fantastic. But yeah. it is pretty intense when you taste it. Yeah, that came out real well. And I, when I used all fresh orange peel, I mean, I you did. You went for oranges, it. peeled all the oranges myself. And Good. Just fresh ginger right off, you know, freshly cut. Right off the ginger tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, the uh, interesting thing is, um, you know, you're asking me what I cut back on the spices. Mm. I think if what your goal was was a, a, a much bigger um, uh, wit beer that was balanced like a classic wit beer, then, yeah, you'd cut back on the spices. And you, it would be, you know, wit beer spices, a lot of people brew them, you know, way too spicy. And it's really a subtle undertones, you know. It's not uh, they're they're highlights of the beer. They're not uh, bold flavors of the beer. But a lot of homebrewers make them, you know, way too spicy. But I think in this case, if your if your goal is to make something, you know, bold and punchy and imperialize it, maybe you do need to do that with the spices. Okay. It's like uh, a lot of the imperial IPAs. They're not just, um, you know, regular IPA with the same sort of balance. You know, just made a little bit bigger. It's well, we're gonna punch up the hops as well. And I think you know that's kind of the imperialization thing, maybe. So in yeah. this case, I think you know, you know, I'd go with this level of spicing. I might alter the the mix of spices, and uh, you know that overall tone there, and maybe a little less sweetness. But uh, well, that's you know, it's good beer, and uh, it's I fermented think, uh, well. What do you think about that? It tastes yeah. it's a clean uh, uh-huh. clean beer, right? And it's, it seems like it finished uh, where it should too. You got a way down there. That's pretty nice. You do a yeast starter? Yes. Not a boy. What kind of yeast did you use? It was a Y yeast um, Belgian whip beer. Okay. Yeah. Nice clean beer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, y yeast slabs uh, thirty nine forty four. Ah. Okay. Great. All right. Thanks. All right. I Thanks appreciate it. Yeah. Very much. Uh, we got a lot of beers here to try, right. so I'm just going to keep Jamil moving along. Um, this one's from Brian, and it's a milk stout. Hmm. Moving you to the dark beers. My wallet has a bottle opener on it. I just want to announce to everybody, that's hardcore is what that is right there. I always have well, a... Hardcore uh, would be having it embedded in your wrist or something, you know. <laughs> I'm working on that. They wouldn't, they wouldn't do it. I don't have medical. So. All right, yeah, we have a lot of listener beer here to try. So we'll, your teeth or something, you know, that would, that, would, uh, that would suffice as well. That's true. My dentist, who's Doc, by the way, would hate it if I used my teeth. Well, have Doc. If Doc would understand. Have him surgically implant an opener in your, in your, <laughs> Into in my your mouth. job there. Do- I will say, that Doc, who, if you don't know, uh, he's one of our co-hosts. He's a dentist. He opens bottles with his teeth. And every time I see him do it, I go, Doc, how long did you go to dental school to? And you didn't learn not to open bottles with your teeth? It's a crazy man. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's Doc. Well, Doc, it, you know. Jokingly, he's talking about the flyover countries, you know, or, or, or uh, states, you know. <laughs> yes, he does. He He's always talking about the flyover states. And a, a number of people are like, well, you know, finally, welcome to the flyover states. Yeah, I never said that, you know. I, <laughs> this, is my, this is my kind of place. These are my kind of people. 
I got an angry listener video sent to me from Florida because Doc is particularly harsh, uh, particularly harsh about Florida, and uh, they met they met Sully there from the Twenty First Amendment. And were they all able to fit into the, 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 the frame of the video? <laughs> they uh, did, according to barely, Doc. Yeah. according to Doc, and. Uh, all they had to say was, we hate you, Doc. You're so mean to us. That <laughs> was the whole video. All right, so I don't have notes on this one. We know that it's a, it's a milk stout, and it's from Brian. I don't know if Brian's still here. Uh, he might have dropped it for us and, and left a little bit earlier. Um, I'm thinking, oh, uh, you know, um, there you go. Grab this microphone, would you, Brian? I thought it was Ryan. It's Brian. All right, I just, I'm hard of hearing. So tell us about your milk stout. Uh, it's my wife's favorite beer. Um, Good start. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that and the Belgian Dark Strong, those are the two she likes. Uh, I'm not really a big stout person, so I do this more for, for other people. But I like to have something. I don't like the coffee, strong, like dark chocolate flavors. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for more of a smooth. Um, I've gone through a few iterations of this one. And I've actually done something different than some, a lot of people do on their sweet stouts. Is uh, I dropped the fermentation down than what's recommended mm-hmm. and then add more of the uh, crystal caramel malts in and the lactose because what I found was when I f- was first doing it and, and doing you know 153, 154, even higher mash temperatures, it was just too thick and heavy by the time I put in the lactose. And um, so I kind of tried to make it a little more drinkable. So I dropped the temperature down, but then I add in some more crystals and then the, like malts and then uh, some lactose and just I keep it to the chocolate and the debittered blacks try to keep out of that strong roast to kind of balance it out and make it a little just a smoother stout so it's not as not as just in your face as some of the stouts can have yeah it does have a smooth character to it i I think he's right about that what do you think about his methods jameel dropping down that uh you know definitely i think uh you know it it depends on what you're what you're shooting for and you know where you're going i think um you you achieve you know some sweetness and anytime you add sweetness to a beer it um it helps uh, ameliorate any of those, uh, you know, harsh acidic notes. It tends to, to balance them out. That's why, you know, you can have really sour candies and things, you know, because of that sweetness kind of balances it out. So uh, I think uh, I think that, that, you know, that works. Um, are you using like a, a dark crystal of some kind in this? I've got a – I think this one has like a medium crystal. Mm-hmm. And actually the – latest thing next time i do this i want to try actually doing some dark almost some special b i actually recently had an imperial stout that had the uh like that dark fruit fig flavor mm-hmm, in it mm-hmm. and i actually I just i love that yeah flavor this has and a, stuff. a kind of a raisiny kind of uh character to it which is a little unusual for this style of beer i mean it's not unpleasant or anything but it's um you know it's it's unexpected so it's, that's why i was thinking yeah you must be used to some something i enjoy so okay. <laughs> yeah so it's a uh, you know it's his uh, version of uh, uh, milk stout. I like it. Yeah. I like your version of a milk stout. It's really Thank nice, you. and it does have. You, know, you kept mentioning how you wanted it to be kind of smooth, and I really think that's the character that comes across to me. Yeah, so. yeah. I had. I mean, it's still finished at ten twenty or just above. So I mean, okay. It's still. What did it, it start at? About ten sixty. It's not a real strong. You know, four nine five percent uh, is what it finished out at because i started at 1060 dropped about 1020 is where it came out but yeah i had to drop the mash temperature because it was just yeah i mean it was just too heavy well it's got a a real dry finish you know it's um that roasted grain and that little mash temp and 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 whatever you're fermenting with it's you know really kind of drying it out so at the end it's it's dry he has a good mentor his he's in the same club with dan 
Yeah. I was talking to him earlier. so uh, I picked Dan's brain quite a bit. That's <laughs> <laughs> a smart man. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. It's really uh, it's good beer. I do have another uh, stout for you here, too, uh-huh. uh, while, we're on the, uh, while we're on the topic. Okay. And this one's by a new brewer. Uh, it's, it's Martin, right? Did I get that right? Okay. So the interesting, it's his sweet stout. Uh-huh. And it's got with coffee, uh, oats, and chocolate. But the twist is uh, he actually finished, uh, finished the ferment with bread yeast. Right, uh, right, right. So we yeah, can talk to him about that, that if you want. But he, uh, yeah, he, it wasn't finishing with his initial pitch of yeast. Mm-hmm. So he uh, threw some bread yeast in there, and, and that's what got it to finish. Mm-hmm. And I've never, I mean, do, is that a common thing to do, Jamil, people using bread yeast? Uh, maybe some time ago, but uh, not really as much anymore. Um, I've actually made... Uh, some prison hooch with uh, bread yeast. You did. <laughs> you made it in the toilet. It's like you're I didn't make to it do. in the toilet, but it put me on the toilet. No, no, no. Um, yeah. Uh, no, we uh, back uh, some years ago. Back when the conference was in Las Vegas, just before that, we, we there was something of you know some web thing about. Uh, <laughs> Jake's what trying to take Jamil's beer. Grab it for the beer. You will get. Dude. He's like a bear. You, you can't get, grab you for a, his you food. You draw back a stump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, the uh, uh, interesting thing was uh, that uh, we, we were doing this uh, prison hooch competition thing where we were all brew. You, ha- you were limited to ingredients you could get in prison. Okay. And you had to use methods that you would use in prison. That uh, and whoever could come out with the best uh, beer would be the winner, and it was judged at um, at uh, the NHC in Las Vegas. I think we had Charlie Papazian, Peter from Ale Smith, uh, Dave Hausman, um, good brewers, you know, a, a couple of guys. Yeah, and and uh, so <laughs> we gave them this uh, prison score sheet. You know, <laughs> how, how, wh- whether we're like likely to get a shanking or not. Right. And uh, they taste all these. I mean, it was just an amazing concoction of like everything from rum washes. You know, maybe sugar. I used uh, like an orange juice base, I think. And uh, somebody did uh, you know cereal, chewed up cereal. Ah. Oh. Um, ah. Oh. And I tasted all of them too, and I oh. I knew what was in it, and I still taste it. And it was slimy. I tell you, oh, that's even worse. Was any of it good? Was any? Did any of it taste like a drinkable beverage? It depends if you're in prison or not. You know, <laughs> yeah. if you're in prison and you, yeah. you're jonesing for a little bit of brew, a good point. I'm thinking, eh, all right, I could I could drink some of these. You yeah. know, if you're out of prison, then no, it was it was horrible. It was, <laughs> it horrible. was bad. But uh, you know, bread yeast has a certain uh, characteristics to it, and uh, um, can be you know can be okay. Um, you know, I, I think it's better. You always keep yourself a, a pack of. Uh, uh, you know, dry yeast on hand. The uh, you know uh, those dry yeasts, um, while not my you know go-to favorite, um, you know having them on hand for an emergency, uh, not a bad idea. Well, if I remember right, that's what you started with, Martin. Did you right. start with a dry yeast? Uh, that was on a wit beer. This was the extract kit from. The Hold that board. mic right up to your. There this, you go. That was a. Uh, that was from the wit beer. Okay. Yeah, the the kit I used for. For this beer was from Northern Brewer, and then I just okay. added to it. Um, so it what happened? London at, ale, that, the London Ale yeast, yep. okay. So it and was, it wasn't fermenting out. Is that why right, you added the bread yeast? It just kind of lagged. It just didn't do anything, and it just stopped. And then okay, uh, and that was after two days of fermenting. And then uh, I well. kicked it with one packet of uh, uh, gourmet baker's yeast. Yeah, kicked up a starter, <laughs> and then it took off and brewed, finished you know, out. Finished out forty-eight hours later, and then. You know, 
went to a secondary, and two and weeks here later, we have it. About a month later, I bottled it. So what do you I think? I wonder, are, how, how did you know that um, it, it hadn't fermented in those first two days? Very slow. I mean, it, did it you check the gravity like was, at all? Yeah, my gravity was 1072. After the first couple of days right. of fermenting? And, and then it dropped. It was down to 130. Oh, uh, I mean, 10, 10, 10 30. And, yeah. And so that was the just, bulk the bulk of fermentation, I think, where the bulk of the flavors were. So right. it actually turned out pretty good. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised at how good it tastes compared to you know what you'd think when somebody says, "Oh, I had problems with fermentation. I threw in some bread yeast." Mm-hmm. Ah, I, you I know. surprised myself. <laughs> it's got uh, it's got a little bit of a um, hot alcohol thing going on. Yeah. So that's why I was thinking. Well, maybe those first couple of days, the thing fermented out completely because you know, and maybe it was just you know over and done before you knew it. I've had you know when I started out, I had a couple of beers like that where. I'm like, well, this thing isn't isn't fermenting, well, because it was done in a day, you know. It was, it's still relatively fresh too. I just uh-huh. bottled it a week and a half ago, so yeah. okay. So uh, yeah, pretty good. I, I think. What uh, problems would me. you expect from using bread yeast? What is what is the characteristics of that? Well, you know, if you start with um, bread yeast, I think you would get um, you tend to get a lot of uh, more phenolic flavors, and you know, a lot of the, the esters and things that the yeast produce, they aren't the same in in those strains and. Uh, I don't know, and and uh, some of those those yeasts, um, I don't know. I, I I would question the the um, purity of okay. any bread yeast, and the reason they can get away with uh, less purity in uh, bread yeast is, y- you toss it in, it's done in a couple hours, it's done what you want it to do. Your food isn't gonna like go bad during that time, and then you bake it and you kill everything, so they can have. You know, uh, less than than pure uh, products right. that way. I mean, a company like Y Yeast, they need to uh, you know ensure the purity of you know something that's going to make a beer. So you know, huge orders of magnitude between you know what you're getting in a bread yeast and what you're getting from uh, something like Y Yeast. So that's why they spend all that time. I mean, they, I have talked to both Y Yeast and, and White Labs about the time in the lab they spend making sure that mm-hmm. virtually every cell right. in your pitch right. is the same. It's yeah. that. Oh, that makes sense to me. So yeah. went 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 down to to Y East and uh, with the daughter and and uh, just to like walk around in the general vicinity of where they're going to do things. We got the little hair nets, the little things on the feet, and you know the little booties and yeah. They didn't make yeah. me do that. I think they just thought you were unshowered. <laughs> and which one of us would you think is unshowered <laughs> huh? by looking yeah. at us? Which one do you think? That's a good point. All right, we do have a lot more beer to taste, too, so maybe uh, one more quick break, and then uh, we can try some more beer. All right. That all right Sounds with you? Sounds good. Okay. Let's take a break. Back after this. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, Special Rotating Taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your your beer 
Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. BN Army members, are you looking for a discount on hops? Keep listening. Nico's Homebrew Supply at nicobrew.com has hops by the ounce and by the pound. Choose from varieties like Amarillo, Centennial, East Kent Goldings, Holler Tower, Simcoe, Summit, Tomahawk, Warrior, Willamette, and more. And adding new varieties all the time, many for less than 20 bucks a pound. Whether a couple ounces at a time or an 11-pound bag, all hops are shipped vacuum-sealed and frozen straight to you. Nico's Homebrew Supply offers store-wide $5 flat-rate shipping and won't waste your money on unnecessary overhead or advertising. They're going bare bones and passing the savings on to you. The staff at Nico's Homebrew Supply loves to brew and is committed to keeping homebrewing affordable and accessible to anyone who wants to join in this great hobby. And for a limited time, use coupon code BNARMY at checkout for a Brewing Network discount. Visit NicoBrew.com. That's N-I-K-O Brew.com for your hops and more. NicoBrew.com, your bare-bones buddy in the brewing business. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmaster's Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. There's an app on the iPhone for just about everything, including beer, apps for finding a pint of beer, Apps that look like you're drinking a pint of beer. And now, there's an app for brewing a pint of beer. Introducing BrewPal, the most all-inclusive beer brewing app for professionals and hobbyists that fits in your pocket and goes wherever you do. Recipe formulation that can be imported and exported with a customizable database. Mash and sparge calculations, yeast pitching rates, carbonation tables, and more. Available right now. For less coin than a pound of grain. See BrewPal in action at BrewPal.info and download it for your iPhone at a special introductory price right now. BrewPal, all the brewing software you need, right in your pocket. And now, suck it tasty. All right, we're back. We're enjoying uh, some of the uh, fine beers from the fine homebrewers in uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee, we, right? <laughs> Milwaukee, Wisconsin. W-I, right? That was a good effort. Milwaukee, we. Milwaukee, right. we. I, I, th- I didn't know if that would piss them off or uh, yeah. they would laugh, and they just pretty much looked at me stone-faced. So. I've been trying to piss off the Midwesterners since I've gotten here, and they, their sense job. of humor are too good. I can't piss anybody off. I just well, called I the guy Ginger. That. He didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess it's who, you know, who it's coming from. I guess, yeah. <laughs> maybe so. They're very mellow, laid yeah, back. Yeah. I don't think anybody takes you seriously. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> that's, that's probably the idea. Yeah. Right. And so we're having uh, Brian's... Uh, uh, it's like a, uh, a Belgian blonde, and he used the jaggery sugar with it. What uh, is the jaggery sugar? It's like, uh, what's it made from? Uh, palm sugar. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it's dark. It has a, a flavor to it. Um, if you use enough of it, you can really taste it. Um, and I tasted this one the other day, and I really liked it because, uh, you know, it's got that initial sweetness up front, but it finishes just nice and dry. And, uh, you know, that's you guys want to try it? The great thing, Somebody uh, grab it and pour. The great thing about, uh, you know, a beer like this, you know, people will make Belgians, and almost every Belgian beer is quite dry in the finish. And if you're if you're not uh, you know getting your beer to ferment out like that or to taste like that, then you know you got a problem. That's that's one of the common mistakes is not a dry enough finish. This one's nice and dry, um, and that initial sweetness up front. You know you could you could drink a bunch of this and not become syrupy sweet and unable to uh, uh, consume more. Yeah, you know this is one of the best home brewed Belgian Blondales I've ever had. It's a really nice beer. Yeah, it's well done. Holler Tower Hersbrooker hops in this one. I, it's a hop I've never used. Yeah? Yeah. How many hops have you used? I've used a lot. Come on. <laughs> I'm from the West Coast. I just <laughs> throw everything in the fridge into my beers. That right. ends up being yeah. a lot. Right. Okay. Uh, but is it is it one of the more common uh, hops? Because I've, yeah. I've used Middle Fru. I've uh-huh. used... Uh, this is one of the common ones, too. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. And actually, uh, you know, there's not a lot of Middle Fru around, so um, very hard to get. So a lot of times you'll see, you know, Hot Tower, and it's, you know, you, you're just lucky if it's something from Germany. Yeah. You know, because uh, that middle food region is small, and they've, you know, they're building condos or whatever. You know, sure. It's like anywhere. So it's pure is what you're saying. It's <laughs> right. lucky that it's from Germany. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, this one, 1045 and finished all the way down at 108. So that dryness mm-hmm. you're talking about is... Uh, yeah, right. it's a really nice beer. And you can have a higher finishing gravity and still have a really dry beer. I mean, finishing gravity, you know, when you first start out home brewing, it's everything's super simplified. And it's like, well, you know, the lower the gravity, that's a sign that, like, you know, all the sugars are gone and, you know, it's it's a drier beer. Well, yes and no. I mean, there's other things that make up that terminal gravity. And, you know, some of them are not sweet at all. So you can have something with a higher terminal gravity and no sweetness. Uh, you know, Tasty gave me two beers, and um, you know, one of them was much drier than the other. I said, "Well, this one's a lot drier," and that one had finished like uh, six or ten points higher than the other one, and the one that was sweeter. So the other one had finished lower, but mm. was sweeter than the one that that finished higher. So you know, don't just automatically say, "Well." You know, because you you get a low number, it's not sweet. I mean, if that that remaining sugar is all simple sugars, it's going to taste sweet. It's going to be sweet. If that remaining uh, gravity is, uh, you know, other compounds and and long chain sugars that just don't have any sweetness, it could be a very dry beer with uh, a higher finishing gravity. So. Okay. Is this a beer that would do well in competition, or does the jaggery take it out of style or something? I don't know. I don't compete. I don't know. <laughs> not anymore. Now now that you're retired. <laughs> All right, this one's a Bach. We're staying with the uh, German beers here. And Ginger gave this to us. Uh, now, our friend Nick uh, out here uh, gave us this beer, and uh, it's his Bach. Yeah, grab this microphone over here, Nick, if you would, and tell us about your beer. 
this one was actually uh, based off uh, originally off of Jamil's uh, recipe from Brewing Classic Styles. Couldn't find quite all the recipes, uh, or the ingredients, or the malts uh, that he requested, so kind of mixed it up, um, using a lot of uh, Weirman specialty malts, Moelanoidin, Carafa, uh, Cararoma, and um, kind of tried just aiming for the right uh, SRM and gravities, and um, start off um, pretty high in gravity, but uh, 076, okay. 077, came, I think it came down about right to about 016. Mm-hmm. Um, my second lager that I did. It looks great and smells great, I'll tell you that. That's a well-brewed beer. It's you only think, your uh, second lager. Yeah, it's my second lager. Okay. You had, did you just get fermentation control or? Uh, no, um, well, the first one I did was uh, Mertzen I brought as well, but uh, I brewed that in March and I let it uh, sit in the freezer all, uh, okay. all summer long. So when I finally got it cleared up, I did this one. All right. And this one, uh, this is one of the biggest stars I have to make for this one too. Being a lager and being high gravity, it was a ten-gallon batch. Had to start off with a five-gallon starter. Wow, <laughs> that's a big starter. Right? Yeah, it was right. a separate brew session. <laughs> right, five-gallon starter, and you can make beer in that starter. And yeah. So yeah. You make yourself a five-gallon small beer, and then you've got the yeast to, that you need to make a proper, you know, uh, doppelbox something like that. Wow. Mm-hmm. What do you think about it? It's really good. Yeah. I think um, it's real melanoid and rich. It's pushing the edge for kind of being, you know, excessive. But, uh, you know, I think it's really good. I really do. I think it's well-brewed. I think, uh, you know, it seems like a great recipe. It's uh, got a nice balance to it. Um, There's just, you know, a little too intense, but, um, you know, it's a personal preference. Just Mm -hmm. the melanoidin part is too intense. That's what you mean? Yeah, it's it's, it's just a a little too much for me. Just a hair. I bet your friends like this beer, high in alcohol. And yeah, they they really love the box. We got a lot of good box from this area, um, okay. from a lot of the other um, you know crap brew shops. So it, it was nice to have something I thought that was pretty much on par with them. Yeah, I That's think you've nice. done a good. How long have you been homebrewing? Three years now. Okay, only your second lager, but you've been brewing for three years. Yep. All right. Uh, do you guys need? Uh, fermentation temperature control in Wisconsin to do lagers, or you just put it out on the porch? No, I. <laughs> you know, then it's too cold. cold. Then we start freezing it. Yeah. So you, you actually have heaters to do your lagers out here, yeah, right? We would have to. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing to me. <laughs> they have to heat their lagers in Wisconsin. You want to try more, Jamil? Yeah. Let's keep rolling. Yeah, we got a lot more. Um, These are good good beers. We're on a roll here. You know. How about a summer ale? Let's pretend right. uh, we're back in California and have a summer ale. This one is from uh, Don. And Don's here. He just gave it to us. He's here somewhere. And uh, I'll figure out how to use my opener for you, Jamil. There you go. Your, your tooth opener or your wrist opener? <laughs> yeah. Don's summer ale. And uh, we're, we're coming kind of to a close of the show. We're, we're getting through our listener beer. If anybody has general beer questions, just come see Jake right here. we got a microphone. Really, about anything. Uh, th- no question is too dumb. A- ask me. Uh, there are no dumb questions. So uh, if you guys want to ask Jamil anything, then, then feel free. Uh, we're actually having this one, Jake. Summary. Is it summer? You feel like it's warm outside. It's like a burst of spring. <laughs> Would you grab me a, a cup there also? See if that thing comes back around. Yeah, it's um, um, got a lot of uh, orange in it and, uh, you know, very floral. And uh, did he say, you talked to him a little bit. Did he say he put orange in it? 
No. You think it just comes from the hops and the ferment? Uh, from the ferment, from, you know, see what I'm saying? There he like is. A, Don, come on up here. Kind of an orange. You could use that microphone right there if you want. Orange, Don. peach, uh, floral. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do see that. Did you put any uh, orange or anything, is there like anything that in, in there other than uh, than than hops and, and yeast? <laughs> well, there. Hang on. Oh. There you go. <laughs> All right, there is orange peel in it. It's just okay. a basic summer ale recipe. It's only the second ale I've tried to do so far. So mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. it's a nice beer. Yeah, it's a little. Is it low on carbonation? Did you just bottle it recently? Hmm? No, it's been. It's been bottled for a couple months. Now, okay, that right? could just be the way I got it. I got, yeah, I got a pour, like, a secondary pour. Yeah, you got my backwash. There. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just drink. Yeah, Jamil's backwash is great, Don. You've done a nice job. I need to, I need to, uh, you know, carbonate my backwash more. <laughs> yeah. Spit it in a little bit. Harder <laughs> I think it's a nice ale. That's a nice, light, refreshing, uh, you know, summer ale. I mean, as advertised, I think. Thank and you. The, and the, uh, I think the orange character is kind of a, you know, a, a summery thing. So I like that. Okay, good job. Thank you. Thanks, Don. Appreciate you sharing it with us. I feel like you're putting on a tank top after that. <laughs> How about an ESB? Want to try an ESB? Oh, yeah. All right. That sounds good. Uh, this one is from Kurt again. Uh, Kurt Mays, who we, we talked about his beer earlier. Try that one out. Giving you two months to me. I'm trying to get you liquored up so I can take advantage of you later. <laughs> right. Put a tank top on me. And God, <laughs> yeah. God, this one's going to happen. It's going to get ugly, Northern Brewer. Yeah, they love the ugly show, I think. <laughs> they do. And we, we kept saying, uh, you sure we want uh, want us to just say whatever? Uh, you know, anything you want us to be careful of? Uh, you know, watch our language. There's kids here. They're like, eh, no. They didn't care. <laughs> they give us too much room. Northern Brewers really just been great about that. And I'm always trying to get them to put restrictions on us. Like, really? You want us to, like you said, you really want us to say that? Uh, we don't care. Just do what you do, Jamil. Right. Like, All right. Go for it. But when Get they when right. when the kids start crying, don't blame me. <laughs> right. Or the parents or Yeah. Both. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. They're 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 quite uh I mean they've never edited us in any way, shape or form. Stop. They provide yeah. money. Stop. <laughs> yeah, now Jake's just starting to do it now. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah now we're convincing him. Uh, <laughs> big mistake. Are there some tannins in this ESB? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Is uh, is Kurt still here? I wonder if it, if he wood aged any of it, or if that's a uh, because that could come from uh, grains too, right? You can you can extract yeah, some husk. tannins from that. Yeah, it's it's um it's biscuity, but there's there's a considerable amount of tannin in there. Is there any oak aging or wood aging of this beer? Actually, I did put some oak chips into it. Okay, give it a little bit of a, like a barrel aged flavor. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it it, it pr- provides a real tannin uh, dryness. Uh, good find there. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I can pick out like two things in a beer. Hops and tannins. Hops and tannins. (laughs) That's about it. (laughs) I like the beer. I just, I I, I think one of the reasons I picked up on it is that it doesn't taste like an ESB to me because of that that flavor. I was, you know, ESB kind of a a malty English style ale, right? So, and I didn't get that. I got more of the, of that wood flavor. Yeah, it was kind of a beer. I had extra ingredients and I didn't really know what to call it. So I'm like. Yeah. So that was the closest thing I could think of what it what it would be called, and I was trying to make it more of an English style. So I wanted it kind of feel like a old old cast ale. So I threw a little wood in it just to mm-hmm. just a I had some extra stuff just to basically it was a kitchen sink beer had extra ingredients mm-hmm. and share yeah, it I with think, the crowd too. I mean, if we were going to call an ESB, I'd back I'd back off on the on the oak and then um, you know up the hops a bit. You know the bittering and the uh, and you know not it doesn't take a whole lot of uh, 
aroma and flavor hops for NESB, uh, but uh, it does take some, you know, classic British uh, hops and, um, you know, definitely a, a bit more bitterness, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, nice beer, but, uh, uh, you know, if we're going to judge it against an ESB, then I'd say, well, not a great ESB, but a, but a nice beer. Right. Yeah. Thanks. So, and We've that's got probably, a probably not what you expected. You were just like, well... <laughs> Just like you're saying, you're just calling an ESV to, to call yeah, it something. Was, yeah. yeah, I wasn't sure what to call it. I just yeah, I'd go with wood aged beer. <laughs> just call it what it is. It's a nice wood aged beer. Thanks, Kurt. It's Thanks. another good beer. I, I like it. I just opened a. It's a. It's a Brett triple that was delivered to us. It was a little bit of a gusher, Jamil. So it smells I'm like Brett. Spilling all over. You can smell the Brett. Yeah. Um, smells good. I love the smell of Brett beers. Yeah, and, uh, you know, one of the things about uh, bread is it keeps working in the bottle. You know, it'll keep, it'll keep uh, you know, grinding away at everything it can consume. So you've got to be careful when you bottle those bread beers. They, they will, uh, you know, they will, they will gush on you. And you don't want to end up with They're bottle bombs either. Right, right. I've had some of those. What do you think about it? Oh, it does smell great. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's got a, um, you know, those Halloween... Uh, uh, wax lips, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a good description. Actually, <laughs> what is that from? Something fermentation. I don't know. Um, <laughs> had a really good one the other day. I had had millipede. <laughs> you know, if you ever you ever smell one of those big black millipedes, you know they're uh, about the thickness of a pencil, or about this oh. long. No. <laughs> they've got a certain is got it a, a candy aroma. is that what we're talking about I don't no, know what you're talking about like an insect oh it's got a certain aroma to it that they they exude through their their no I stay away from insects that sounds disgusting to me <laughs> when have you smelt this thing I don't know but I know what it smells like <laughs> and you and then you found this in a beer also yeah the other day it was like millipede <laughs> <laughs> Write that on somebody's <laughs> score sheet, Jamil. They'll think you're nuts. Who was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, <laughs> Millipede. He's like, really? Millipede? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> I thought I was screwing with him. I'm like, you know, no, it's, uh, I was trying to explain, you know, that was the closest to. I'll expect to see that in the updated style guidelines. <laughs> as yeah, a flavor mil- profile. Millipede. <laughs> millipede. Yes. And this one's uh, Halloween Wax Lips. Halloween mm. Wax Lips. It does have that, yeah. Uh, it's a nice beer, too. Um, it's not as dry as some of the others that we've had today. Right. But um, I like it. I like the, uh, there's a tartness to it that uh, really just beautifully balances out the the bit of sweetness that's that's left. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's lovely. Yeah, that's lovely. All right. Well, we're kind of winding down. Uh, we've tasted most of the listener beers that we have here. A couple we're going to taste off air. Uh, was, was this your beer? It was. Yeah. Oh, talk, tell us about your beer. Uh, all right. So uh, it was basically just a leftover gallon batch uh, or gallon from that I had left over from brewing a uh, triple. Um, and I had been drinking a bomber of, uh, or a 750 of Omegang's Omegeddon. Mm-hmm. That's is, a great uh, beer. Their, their Brett Amber something. I, I can't remember exactly yeah. which style it is. So uh, since I had the gallon left over, I put it in a, a glass gallon jug that I had and just pitched the dregs from the Omegadon in it and uh, bottled it up about four months after that. And I think it's about a year old at this point. The real so, shame is you only got a gallon. It's not surprising. It's <laughs> yeah. it's a gusher considering, uh, you know, I didn't yeah. I didn't brew it to be a, right, a right. wild or a wild yeast yeah. beer or anything like that. Right. So. 
But it's, it's just, uh, what do you think of it? Uh, I, I honestly haven't had it for three or four months, uh-huh. and the bottle, probably because it gushed, didn't, didn't get around to me this time. So oh, I you didn't even get to try it. <laughs> Here. But it's I probably have, pretty good. You want a little he, bit there? Yeah, sure. He has Let diseases. me share your beer with you. you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's actually really, and it doesn't taste like a gusher, so you're all right. Don't right. worry about the gushing. Yeah, it, 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 it tastes <laughs> wonderful. I love it. Yeah, yeah. The 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 Brett character has definitely uh, increased since the last bottle mm-hmm. I've had. I think I only ended up with about seven bottles of it, and mm-hmm. I'm down to two at this point, or now and one. And he shared at one this with point. us. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, How about that? Jamil's going to cry himself to sleep actually, tonight so. with that kind of heartwarming <laughs> gesture. Well, cry myself sleep or do something else, yeah. Of course, anything for the Pope. <laughs> Thanks, brother. I appreciate you, you sharing the beer with Thank us. You. All right, so how about some, some questions? If anybody has any, any beer questions uh, for Jamil, then just really line good. up over here we with We got Jake. one here, yeah. All right. What's your name? Paul. Paul, where are you from? Right here? Chicago. Area. Paul from Chicago. Yes, I drove uh, up here to see you guys today. Thanks, man. To ask you this very complex and difficult question. Okay. 42. And uh, the question is... Uh, what characteristic differences uh, can you expect in a beer brewed uh, with a, a flame-out um, zero-minute hop addition versus uh, uh, dry hopping? That's a good question. Uh, yeah, good question. Um, you know, the heat, when you turn that, that flame off, um, there's still a considerable amount of heat. And a lot of these uh, volatile aromatics, they, they'll off-gas, um, uh, you know, and and uh, it just it depends a lot on how quickly you chill. If you're you know chilling rapidly, then you'll lock in certain characteristics. If you're letting it chill overnight, um, you know it's going to be a, a totally different different uh, character. The the thing about dry hopping that um, I love, you know, I, I love I love every kind of hopping. I I love you know late kettle hop. I love dry Mash hopping. Hop, you don't care. I love you know um, uh, you know wet hopping or, or harvest hopping. I, I like them all, and they all have different characteristics. And when you do like the wet hop, it's got this real chlorophyll, um, vegetal, grassy kind of thing going on, and I like that. I, I expect it. it. May not be the thing I drink every day, but I really kind of appreciate where it comes from. On the dry hop. Uh, similar, but you tend to get a real uh, resiny kind of character to it, and a little more, you know, green vegetal type of thing as well. Um, and I guess you know that character kind of boils out if you if you heat the hops, uh, but you, you you do get that in dry hopping. So some people don't care for dry hopping or, or or any of that, but I love it. So that's kind of an answer there. So the biggest difference is what the heat does to the hop addition, is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Right. All right. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for driving up Thank here you. too, man. That's well, a- that and also, um, you know, CO two evolving from the beer, driving off certain things, um, the yeast, uh, you know, taking some of the compounds out, they, they end up attaching to the yeast cells, and that that can take uh, you know a lot of those hot flavors and uh, bitterness out. And you add that afterwards, you know, those those resins that got dragged out during the ferment from the yeast. Well, you're adding those back in later on after the yeast are gone, or most of the yeast are gone, and they stay in there, and that's where you get that kind of resiny, kind of uh, almost sticky kind of uh, character to it. That you okay, know, I love, but you know, not everybody. Not does. everybody, yeah. yeah, and not in every beer either, right? Obviously, it's, so. you know, it's uh, variety, spice of life. 
Any more questions? Yeah, looks like we got a brew tattoo came all the way out to see us, uh, Jamil, and he has a lunch meat tattoo now. You believe that? Right. He got that hideous rainbow and unicorn tattooed to his body. <laughs> What's right. your question, Brutat? You mentioned earlier about the longer chain um, sugars mm-hmm. being residual in the beer, and mm-hmm. they'll increase the gravity, but not necessarily the taste. Right. Is that strictly a function of your mash temperature, or can that be in the fermentation too that can influence that? It's it's almost all mash temperature, mash related, and the the, the thing is, you know, those really long sugars, none of these can break it down. Um, when you get to um, None of the brewing yeast we use uh, will break it down. There are, you know, some of the, um, you know, the, the the majority of the sugars you have are maltose, and all the all the yeast, the ale yeast, and the lager yeast will all ferment that. But then you start getting the longer chain sugars, and then certain yeasts can ferment that to differing extents. It's one of the things that differentiates a lager yeast. They're able to to consume more of those uh, longer chain sugars, and they, you know, the beers tend to finish attenuate more. If you look at the attenuation levels for lager yeasts and compare them to the ale yeast. You notice they're all tend to be higher. That's one of the reasons why. And um, but then there's there's sugars that you know the yeast can't consume. If you taste those, if you get uh, maltodextrin powder and taste it, it is kind of sort of slightly sweet, but not very much. And you, I mean, when you're tasting it, that's a huge amount. And you put a pinch on your tongue. You know, is there a pinch in your beer? Or, you know, so um, you know, it's all. Uh, you know, mash related, and um, you know, uh, fermentation really doesn't change that at all. And that's why you know you can ferment out everything that's fermentable, end up with something that's just super dry, but it still has body to it. So I think that's a, a, a wonderful way to go too. Good question. An intelligent and well thought out question, Brew Tattoo. Who would have thought? <laughs> Any other questions before we wrap things up, guys? Uh, you got Jamil here. You don't always get to. Yeah, come on over. Ask him. Uh, of course, you, you could also listen to our show live and ask your questions then. <laughs> That's you know, true. Or read the book. That's exactly. True. <laughs> What's your name? Where are you Everything from? Everything I know is in there. Uh, I'm Josh. I'm from Neosho, which is just north of Milwaukee here. I had a question about when you blend a, a two sour Flanders red with a base beer, kind of like Dan, what Dan mentioned right, earlier. Right. How, how do you keep that from getting uh, wild again, yeast yeah. from from chewing up all those new sugars you're introducing. Do you, yep. I mean, are you going to potassium sorbate it? Are you going to do something to it that's going to prevent those mm-hmm. wild yeast from chewing up the sugars? That's an excellent question, and that's a real a real trick. I mean, there's a lot of bacteria and stuff in there that can break down, um, you know, starches, and that's that's part of the problem. And um, you know, what I end up doing is just leaving it in the keg, leaving it in the fridge, and it stays pretty stable. You'd be surprised at how long it takes. If you have something at, at you know, frid- refrigerator temperature, you know, it's, they, it's below 40 degrees Fahrenheit and for a reason because all that stuff really slows down. Food spoilage slows down. This is part of food spoilage, right? And you'll be amazed at how long it takes to really change if you do that. So that's one way. You can sorbate it, but it's not necessarily going to, you know, completely stop everything. You could pasteurize it. That tends to, you know, have its own set of problems. So you just need to be careful when you put this in a bottle. And if you do bottle it, I would keep it cold so it doesn't, you know, uh, you know continue to... Uh, uh, break these things down and then, you know, bust your bottles and, you know, have gushers and stuff like that. But uh, good question. Yeah, it's one thing I struggle with all the time. It's like how exactly do I want to stop this, uh, 
this uh, you know further attenuation of the beer from happening? Great question. All right, name and where are you from, brother? I'm Joe. I'm uh, from the Chicagoland area. Another long uh, haul west, for you, okay? Western suburbs. All right. Um, I got a question about uh, converting in the mash. Um, I know a number of brewers that do an iodine test at the end of at the end of their mash to make sure conversion is complete. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of curious about that process, um, or if it's even a uh, if it's even a required step when when you're mashing, or is the conversion pretty much always done within the 60 minutes that most people recommend mashing for? It depends on your mash temperature, uh, for one, and you know. Uh, and certain grains will convert much faster than others, but um, you know, the, the, if you're going with a real low mash temperature, 145, one to you know, to 148 Fahrenheit in that range, you want to extend out your your mash, and you might want to do an iodine check. If you're up in the you know mid 150s, 154 through 160. Um, you know, it goes pretty fast, especially like 160. I mean, mash converts. Uh, you know, the the more heat you have, the more active uh, the conversion is. And uh, you know, for me, 60 minutes pretty much does it for for every beer. And 60 minutes is just convenient. It's done sooner, but you know, I, I got stuff to clean. I got you know, I'm gonna go have lunch, whatever. <laughs> and I just wait, and you can leave it longer. Um, but uh, you know, only if you're going to do something really kind of outside the the bound, normal boundaries would you really need to worry about it. I think. How would you uh, recommend? I mean, it's just just standard iodine, and well, you just right. take like a, a spoonful of it and drop it. Yeah, in. they say you know, uh, take a spoonful of wort, uh, try and get no husk or grain bits in it because those will turn purple, um, and then you pour that liquid out onto a white plate. And, uh, you know, put a drop of iodine in there, and it will turn purple when it encounters any starch. If the liquid itself turns purple, if you see, you know, grain bits turn purple, it's like, well, that's, that's a, don't worry about that. But the liquid itself shouldn't uh, turn purple at all. And uh, they say you can't use iodophore for this, but, you know, it seems to work for me. I don't know. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I'll, but a bottle of tincture of iodine is pretty cheap. So Thanks, Joel. Is that something you check every time, Jamil? Do you always do no. an iodine test? No. no. Yeah. no okay. I haven't checked in years. Got it. So, <laughs> so now might, you know what you're... I might be totally jacking it up here. Huh? <laughs> yeah. All right. We have more questions? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Dan's got a question for us. Um, Jamil, i got a question. I've always wondered, um, when I take a pH test of my mash, mm-hmm. um, what's the best methodology for doing that? Do you draw some of the liquid and test that, or do you just stick the meter down into the mash itself? Or? Yeah, well, there's stuff in that meter you don't want to stick in your mash. Um, you know, generally not going to be a problem, but, you know, not, not, not the, best, the best thing to stick in, stick in your mash. Um, I use, uh, you know, Northern Brewer has these uh, pH strips, the Color Fast, a high-quality German pH strip. And it's, it's pricey. It's like uh, 40 bucks for a, a, a box of 100 of these strips. But um, it's cheaper than a pH meter, and it doesn't go bad as fast as a pH meter does and the probes do. And you can actually cut those strips in half uh, lengthwise and make two. Uh, I know people that cut them in thirds and, and make three of them out of them. Um, so, you know, instead of uh, 100 for 40 bucks, you'd get, you know, 300 for 40 bucks, which is still, you know, a little bit pricey. I know everybody can't afford it, but that's... Those things are, are very accurate. Now, um, you know, temperature has an effect on us. So you need to be careful of that. Um, but with those strips, I just dip them in my 
match. You probably shouldn't. There's probably some horrible chemical on there that's going to like kill everybody. But um, <laughs> you know, hey, I I oh, only great the twitch after doing that. Thanks but, for sharing your beer with right, us, Jamil. Right. So uh, I dip it in. Um, I also have a bench meter, and you know, take a sample and take it to the bench meter, and uh, you know, I can get very accurate uh, results with that. But uh, you know, I find it isn't that important. If you're in the ballpark and you can, you have a reliable way of checking that every so often, uh, every couple of beers, especially if you're going to change recipes and you're going to do like a really dark beer, a lot of roasted grains, you're going to do you know a pale beer, then it's kind of necessary to get an idea of what uh, what adjustments are necessary. If your water changes over time, things like that. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. But, uh, yeah, I don't like the pH meters because. Um, you know, you got to replace the probes. They're only good for, you know, six months, a year, you know, maybe a couple of years. You know, uh, depends on how you treat them. You really got to be, you know, treat them well, you know, keep them in a uh, submerged in a, a storage fluid. Mm. You know, clean them, um, not subject them to extremes of temperature, things like that. Don't just and go sticking them in long, things. Right. Just don't go be sticking your, your probe in there. Yeah. Um, who knows what's on your probe? You not me. Get that in your beer. And, you know, so that's that's the thing that kind of worries me um, about pH meters is, you know, the expense. You know, for the average brewer isn't going to – if you're brewing um, at least once a week, then maybe a pH meter might be a, a good investment for you. If you're brewing once a month, I'd go with the strips. Okay. And uh, there's less expensive strips, uh, but I really like those color fast ones that Northern Brewer sells. Um, you know, other pe- people carry them, but uh, first place I found them, Northern Brewer at the uh, Minneapolis store. Was that was that the right? thing I bought while I was there. Yeah. Oh, good. It was cheaper back then, I can tell you. <laughs> it's gone up. Well, sometimes you get what you pay for, though. Like you That's say, right. there's cheaper strips, but really, sometimes you got Right. It's, it's not worth it. I mean, how much is your beer worth? Is your beer worth, um, you know, 40 cents? Yes. My beer is worth 40 yeah. cents. Right. And if you cut it in half, is your beer worth 20 cents? Or my or, whole know? batch of beer is worth 40 cents, yeah. actually. Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Once you've converted that $30, $40 worth of ingredients yeah. into a 40-cent beer. Yeah. 40-cent beer. There you go. I was never good at math. Any other questions uh, before we wrap things up? I do want to say this. Uh, you know, a, a lot buy, of you came buy out. Buy some shirts and, and hats. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> the luggage is empty so we can take back a bunch of this beer. We still need to do that. So come see me. We'll sell shirts and hats. But, you know, a lot of people brought us beer and, and let us taste it on the air. Mm-hmm. And I do have to say that takes a certain amount of... Uh, Stones. Yeah. Because, you know, because we... Who, who knows? Uh, right. Getting a second opinion about your beer, is. I, I just appreciate you guys putting it out there and allowing us to share with everybody else here. So I would like a round of applause for people who had the stones to, to share their well, beer so that we could all learn even, from it. Even in front of um, – all right, so it's one thing to send it into the show where we give, like, uh, your first name. Sure. And then it's like, you know, you can kind of pretend it wasn't you. This is in front of a crowd of people. Yeah. And also providing beer for the crowd to taste. Right. You know. Well, I will say this, though. These poor schleps, they came to give us the beer, and then I told them <laughs> afterward, by the way, I'm going to stick a microphone in your face and right. share the beer with everybody. Right, right. So it really was, was just nice of you all. Yeah, uh, it makes it rough. To do that, and it made it really made today's show. Uh, we all got to learn from everybody's beer, so uh, I just wanted to extend a thanks for for doing that for us. I think this is raffle time. It looks like it. Uh, Northern Brewer, uh, I guess, for the past couple days has been uh, setting up to uh, to do a raffle. Uh, while we're st- uh, still on the show, Jake, what did you guys do? Uh, actually, uh, John Blickman from Brickman, Blickman Engineering uh, donated a top-tier system. All right. Wow. That is going to be the premier raffle prize. I think people are pretty excited about that. that. Uh, is that the system people have been brewing on the whole time? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to turn uh, it's the Basically, it's up. that right over there, minus the kettles. And uh, 
I think the person who wins that is going to want to run into their car and drive away as fast as possible because it's probably going to be a mob chasing you down the street. Uh, and then we're going to raffle off some starter kits and then just a bunch of stuff um, just to show a little appreciation for our customers. And all the proceeds are going to go to uh, uh, Feeding America, Eastern Wisco- uh, Milwaukee, which is used to be Second Harvest. So all the money will go to uh, Food Bank. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, that's a good cause. Yeah. So no, we like that. But no more tickets. It's all, now you're about to no do it, No more tickets. Right? We are going to do it here. We'll probably take a break for a little while because yeah. i got to pee. Good. And then uh, well, and, and, we'll take and we'll we'll do the that. You're going to make sure that I won, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we worked yeah. that out the other night. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Was uh, You got that included in your contract? I didn't get anything in my contract. <laughs> you really need to uh, work the system here. You know? He had me at a moment of weakness. Uh, is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. He yeah. got you drunk, I, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I, I get everybody that way eventually. Let me tell you. Jake sings a mean old black water is that what and justin who's a mean dr dre <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you might catch him at milwaukee alehouse tonight doing another uh, karaoke performance. i might i might i might or, i might i might do the whole uh, raffle prize in karaoke <laughs> or or if i don't if i don't win the system then you'll see it on the internet uh, from the video i recorded from the other <laughs> <laughs> that's right all right uh, Northern Brewer uh, staff, uh, as well as yeah. guests, thank you all so yeah, much for, for coming out here. Uh, a round of applause really for you. I appreciate it. And congratulations on having a great new shop out here. So uh, enjoy these folks. Uh, Jamil, good show. I, I'm glad we got to interact with some listeners. It was all very interesting. It was interesting. All right, take us out of here. Okay, so, uh, you know, if you get a chance, if you're listening on the uh, podcast... Uh, we do these shows because Northern Brewer supports us and uh, keeps us going. So if you get a chance, go out to the Northern Brewer website, uh, www.northernbrewer.com. they got great prices, great products. They're great people, uh, cheap shipping. And uh, now if you're in Milwaukee, you don't even need shipping. But uh, all the rest of you folks, it's like 8 bucks, and they'll ship you just about anything that it doesn't weigh uh, uh, a ton. Uh, and, uh, you know, supporting them, at least letting them know that you, you – you appreciate that they keep us live. Uh, that's a big thing for us. So uh, get yourself over to northernbrewer.com. Until then, Brewstrom, 